Good morning. This is Coffee with the Sarlos, and I'm Karen. Good morning. I'm Kelly. We're going to start off with show notes today, as usual. We have our Evening with Medium events coming up on August 23rd and December 13th. Tickets are on sale at the website by sarlo.com, and they're going fast. We have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. It is available at the website by sarlo.com only, and that's just currently because it's going to be coming to a Patreon account soon. It's a 10-minute show that runs Monday to Friday, the first week of every month. We pick a topic on emotional or spiritual intelligence, and we do our best to educate you. And last but not least, we have gift certificates and personal sessions available. You can purchase and experience them from anywhere in the world via Skype, FaceTime, or telephone. Okay, so let's get right into today's show. Take it away. This is a client story, Kel. A lady called in, so this is a telephone call, uh, meaning that I can't see her. It's not by FaceTime. And she just called in. So her name is either, I guess we can call her Anita or Nita. She said either one. So I'm going to go back and forth probably. Um, She asked me if I could just check in on relationships. And I said, okay, any in particular. And she said, yes, she says my partner. And I said, well, Anita, I said, the spirit guides are saying that this is a husband, divorce husband. And she goes, she just starts to giggle. (laughs) And she goes, yes, that's really not a way that I would have worded it to anybody, but that's, that's true. She says, you've summed it up really quickly. And I said, well, I said, this is going to be a little bit rough because if I'm correct, the guides are showing that he had attempted suicide and it's why you went through a divorce. And she went, well, you'll have to explain that a little bit. And I said, well, I said, I'll back up. I said, let's just back up for a little bit and let me ask the guides to explain a little bit more about the relationship first. So the guides told me that they had been married for decades, three decades. And she said, pretty close. She's about 32 years, so yeah. And I said, "Um, during your marriage, he had quite a bit of control financially. And I said, even though you both worked, he made significantly more money than you. So he felt that he had the right to control. Even though you do have an income and you work far longer hours than he does, his job just pays him more for less hours. And she said, yes, that was very true. But she says, I loved what I did. And I said, yeah, okay, no one's disputing that. We're talking about the fact that there is inequality in the relationship and he uses that to be able to control her in other ways. I always find it interesting when people add irrelevant information to make it sound light and okay again when yeah. they're here when they're hearing something hard. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Because at no point did you talk about her with her own job and whether or not she liked it, but mm-hmm. she'll add in what she felt mm-hmm. if the other stuff is not flattering. Mhm. Yeah, that happens a lot actually. Yeah. Yeah. So the guy had said that because the marriage had been on rocky ground, and here's here's something else that was added to it, was that it was also a marriage based in religion. And so they were both religious, and she said that's very true. She says, uh, what religion? And so she's testing. Yes, she's testing. 
And I said to the guides, um, do you want to say? And all I saw was a crucifix. So I said, well, as far as I can see, then it's Christianity. And, and she sa I said, it's the Jesus thing. And, and well, because there's so many channelings for so many religions, right? Yeah, I just know what you mean by the Jesus thing. Yeah, okay. And I said, so it's the Jesus story. And she goes, yes. And I said, so you guys go to a church on a regular basis. And so a lot of the control then also comes from the teachings of, you, of the religion or your interpretation of it within the marriage and your interpretation of it by what your priest says of it. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, that's a good thing to point out. Yeah. And she goes, yeah, okay. And I, I did like the way that they pointed that out to her because it allowed her to see some of her own responsibility in the marriage, if she chooses to, based on that we interpreted things this way. And my husband did and I allowed it. <laughs> or my husband did for his benefit and I went along for the ride even though I'm mad about it. Mm -hmm. So anyway, uh, we got th through that point and I said, so it, it got rocky enough between all of these different issues and he had some issues of being, I'm going to say violent. And I don't mean hitting her, but I mean being able to smash his fist down or um, take the lawnmower and like pound the lawnmower and break it. Or he's fixing something and jamming what he's fixing. Um, but doing things that, I'm going to say that give her the message that there's anger and that he's violent. Yeah, it's a form of intimidation. Yes, and that's the point. And so when I said that there was this violence, there's this pause and she's listening and it's like, well, Karen, I don't really know what you mean. And it's like, he didn't hit me. And so again, it's like, well, he never hit me. And I said, no, all of the violent little things were there around you to let you know. But like, he's smart. He didn't hit you. He just let you know in other ways. He didn't want to be reported to the police or lose his job. He wasn't going to lose his job over you. So she just paused. And again, there's this message from the spirit world of he's not stupid enough to lose his job over you. Which means... He's smart enough to know what he's doing. That's what I'm saying. Calculated enough to know what he can get away with. Exactly, Kelly. That's exactly right. But she doesn't hear it till today. She doesn't have it reframed in that way until the spirit guides bring it in and say it that way. Well, and we brought this up in Sips of Sanity this month, just, just last week or just yesterday when we talked about control. Yeah. One of the biggest questions people ask us in the sessions is, did they know what they were doing? Or they want to... I don't know, adamantly state that they mustn't have known what they were doing. They couldn't have. That's right. Yeah, it's, it's this because excuse. That's right. And it gives them the excuse to keep staying and tolerating it yes. because they are getting something out of it. And she goes, well, uh, I don't know what you mean by that. Well, of course not. She doesn't want me to know it. And I don't personally, but the spirit guides sure shit know it. But she's not banking on that when she makes the phone call, Right. No, I don't think many people are knowing what to bank on when they come. Yeah. So the spirit guides went on and said, so what happened was, all in a row here in the story, was that um, she was getting a little bit fed up and was throwing around, I may leave you shit. 
just just the lines to him yeah so you know i'm sick of this i just might leave so just threats and like he's just like what the heck You're not going to threaten me i'm the one that runs this relationship i make the money i have the control so he attempted suicide i'm assuming that built after many years Three decades. Oh. Okay. 32, to be exact. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I think that's important for people to hear that that built in three decades. Mm-hmm. That you, sometimes we think, oh, what ticked them off? Oh, did the boss say something? Oh, where did they have a fight with somebody? And we want to know what the one thing is that ticked them off. But boy, oh boy, that wife doesn't want to stand there and go, well, I think I know. I think I could answer it. How about 32 years of not getting along? She doesn't want to say that when this has actually occurred, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because you want to sit there and be, I'm going to say, I don't even know if you want to be nervous, but you sure shit don't want to be called out. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So he attempts suicide. And in the process of attempting the suicide, he also does some damage to their home. And he also does some damage to some pets in the home. So he is violent. And that's why I said there's a history of violence here. And he's letting her know that it builds and builds. But when he tries to commit suicide that day, the animals in the home suffer as well. And the home itself suffers. And I say that because some people are going to listen to this and feel... Terribly for the animals, yes. Terribly for him and her. But I say the home too because there's an energy in your home. Mm-hmm. So there's there are all different levels of pain here. Well, that goes outward to your neighbors. Yeah. That, that goes outward to your community. Yeah. Not just on a physical level, but like you're saying, an energetic where people wonder, people talk, people feel. Yeah, that's why I said to the home too. So so he attempts suicide and she sees that as, oh my God, and freaks out because of the destruction to the home, because of the destruction and the effects on the pets, and that he's violent ultimately to his own body. Mm-hmm. So you're hearing that there's violence all along and then there's violence in every aspect of it. So he goes to a hospital. And while he's in the hospital, she packs up his shit. Okay. And says, you're out of here. So out he goes. He has to stay in the hospital. He gets some psychiatric care while there. A little bit, right? Because there's just only a time frame when you're in the hospital. But when he comes out of the hospital, there's no way that he's allowed to go back home. So he actually leaves and goes and lives with family members. I don't even know who, actually. I don't remember who he goes to live with. But anyway, there's a period of time here for, I'd say, a couple of years where he goes and lives with different people and where he seeks counseling. So he And he seeks his religion again. So there's a period of time here where he seeks help through a counselor and through his priest, through religious means, and the religious community. 
And he does his, what he refers to as working on himself and his issues. In the meantime, she drops the religion and she decides to get spiritual. So she feels that a spiritual path would be better than a religious path. Not my place to make any judgments. I'm just conveying this to her. And she says, that's correct. I am spiritual now. And fuck that church. So now there's a ton of anger with the church. And she blames a lot of the stuff that went on in her marriage on that. And why he thinks the way he did, including the way he treats her. She doesn't question how she behaved. She doesn't question her own religious beliefs. She just throws everything out and takes down which, a road which she calls spiritual. So she says that she's connecting to nature. She's meditating. So that goes on during the same period of time that he's doing what he refers to as his work. But she doesn't go into counseling. She just does what she thinks is spiritual. And that's her way of coping with what's happened in her life. And then at the end of this period of time, I said, well, I said, that happened for about two to three years, I think. And she said, yep, that's correct. She says, closer to three, but between two and three. And she says, and then at the end of that, she says, what do you get about it? And I said, well, I said, I get that actually he approaches you, says that he's gone through this transformation and that he understands things, asks you out for coffee and you went on dates and you went back, like you got together again. And she said, yeah, that's correct. And she says, um, so I'm, I said, you're making this call now then to find out what in particular? <laughs> and she goes, no, just keep going. You're doing really well. And I'm really pleased with it. And I said, oh, okay. And she says, I just want to keep hearing what the, what the guides have to say about it. And I, and I know we hear that often. Uh -huh. What do you get about it? And they're usually looking for a specific thing and they're waiting to see if you're going to get it. And I said, okay. I said, so he and you are back together at this period of time. And I said, you in your spiritual frame of mind and who him and his new religious state of mind. And I said, so you come into it thinking that being spiritual is superior to being religious. You think that you have the one up on him now because you're not religious anymore. You're spiritual. And so you have a connection directly to the divine or your God. And so now he has to talk through the priest, but you have a direct communication. So now you're correcting him. And because he's the one that damaged the house, she's still living in it. So he's moved back in. And I need to say for the people who care that the pets are no longer here because they died as a result of what he did. Okay. So they're back into this home and she now feels that she has the upper hand. And I said, so you have a revenge marriage. And she goes, yeah, what? And I said, the guides are calling it a revenge marriage. Oh, and how many people have this relationship after an affair? Oh, this is why I think it's a good show today. Yeah. So I said, this is a revenge. Your part two of your marriage days or decades I said, is that the first three decades you called his? And I said, now when you're chatting with your girlfriends, I said, you refer to this part of the marriage, the rest of your life, the next 
three decades as your time. And she goes, fucking right, I do. And Fun. there it is. There, that's what, that's, that's the thing she's waiting for. Why would you call me to ask me that? Also, why would you call yourself spiritual? Yeah, that's not even on her plate. Yeah. That, that, that isn't even in that, you know what I mean? Like, oh, it's just a clusterfuck. So. Yeah, that's a good word. Thank you. So, so I said to her, you are in your decades of revenge marriage. And I said, so you have revenge sex. You're in control. You tell him what to do. And I said, you now believe that even though he has the money still, it's his pension. I said, and part of the reason that you did take him back is that you couldn't make it financially on your own. Mm. And I said, so this is convenient. And, and you are also scared to age without his pension. Mm -hmm. You are scared to age without his benefits for health benefits. And I said, and dental and everything else that his packages gave you in the marriage, in the last three years of not having that, you haven't liked it because you haven't been able to have those services. You, the things that you were used to, you don't get anymore. And he's not stupid. He knows this. He knows you didn't move on and find a new partner or that you didn't go out and get a job. He knows that you've been waiting. He's been supporting you through the past three years. And she went, that's true. And I went, did you think that was going to be like you could keep that as a secret? And she goes, um, yeah, maybe. I didn't know you were going to know everything. Oh, from you? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. And I said, well, I said, the guides are saying that right now, even though he financially has the upper hand, you will not let him believe that. Well, no, now they're in a you owe me. Yes, and because he's in religion, he's got shame. He has the shame and the guilt. So she's got him. She's got him. Well, the religion serves her well, too. That's my point. And that's why she feels being spiritual to superior. He's religion, but he's a dumb shit. And she goes, did you just call my husband a dumb shit? And I said, well, not personally. I don't know your husband. I said, the spirit guides are no, saying. No, they're saying you think. He yes. Is. The spirit guides are saying that that's what you think of him. They're not calling him a dumb shit either. They're saying that's what you believe and that that's what you call him to your girlfriends. And she goes, that's true. So... She refers to this, this gentleman who thinks that he's done all his counseling and he thinks that he's gone to his church every Sunday and his priest has driven it into him to, to fix things and a marriage is a marriage uh, until the day you die. And yes. Oh my God. Yes. So he's still willing to go back into this and keep his marriage because all those three years where she's been out on her own for three years not thinking she was married to this guy, but keeping the finance support going, the priest has been telling him, you're still married to her. This is your wife. So we're going to refer to her as your wife. So the priest has him believing that this is still his wife, my wife. So when strangers say to him, are you married? He says, yes. Oh my God, like said, the level of mind fucking. Yes, that's 
That's from I... from every direction. Yes, absolutely. Although the counselor does not do this to him. Well, thank God. The counselor actually, even though the counselor has some of her own beliefs, she does not participate. Yeah, I'd also like to back up and say not thank God because that's the problem. We've got this issue. Thank goodness. Yes. That someone has a degree in psychology. <laughs> yes. And, and that, that someone chose to access it. Yeah. And poor counselor who's working her butt off or his butt off. Yeah. To have everything undone at the church. Every single time because he actually really commits to this counseling. And, he, and I'll say commits financially because he goes regularly to the counselor to actually get homework and do his work. But she has to keep saying things to him like, okay, that's a good baby step forward. And then the next time he comes, he's like three steps backwards. Because you're battling the belief of the church over and over again. And she has to actually confront him about that. She actually sits down and says, we're, we're, we're stuck in this. I, I'm trying to make steps forward in telling you like about abuse or like getting through certain things about your shaming, your guilt. And then your church puts you right back into that the game, the shame and the guilt is where you need to be in order to keep the marriage. I'm glad that you brought this up. And there's so, there's so many things going through my head right now because I know, first of all, you and I are moving our podcast to video mm -hmm. and people are going to see our facial expressions mm -hmm. during and in between all of these things. Mm -hmm. And that's a little scary, but we're also putting it out there so that people can kind of approach truth in hopefully a much better way. Mm -hmm. Then I think about the content of what you're saying, and we're putting it on the line that the church, churches, period, religions, mm -hmm. belief systems, when mm -hmm. you boil down to it, mm -hmm. are insidious. And they are so hard, like a dandelion, to uproot. Mm -hmm. Because there's other roots in there that you don't know about, and they just keep growing into other aspects of your life. Mm -hmm. And so people can commit, like you say, financially and time-wise and energetically to do the activity of counseling and never think that the counselor did a good enough job because they don't feel or see anything really changing. But it's because mm -hmm. those belief systems just keep growing back up and overpowering the entire lawn. Yeah, and I want to add to this that sometimes the spiritual stuff that people are doing... Yes does exactly the same thing. And we're saying, quote, unquote, spiritual. Right. We're talking about the people that play the self-righteous spiritual. Yes. And she's playing in the spiritual arena, talking the talk. Yeah. And because, not being authentic. That's right. Because she's hoping that if she talks the talk, that it's going to give her positions of power over other people, including the husband that comes back and says in his shame and guilt, I'm here. And for anyone listening right now who is asking, well, whoa, how do I know the difference between an actual spiritual person and a fake? Typically, kindness will be your first indication. How about truth? Yeah. I mean, there's... Okay. Yes, I agree. Okay. Okay. So they go back. So they live in this um, for a couple of years where she's holding everything over him. So, and she even makes outright statements as she's doing this. Like, oh, the first 30 years were yours. These are mine now. Guess you're going to do this my way. She's, she doesn't hide it now. It's flat out there. 
right to their faces. It's even right out there when they're out in public. She'll shame him in front of their friends on purpose so that he's going to feel that in front of everybody. She's going to get him everywhere. If a stranger comes to the door to fix the TV, she makes damn sure that she brings up something. Oh, the TV got damaged at that wall because my husband punched a hole in it. Like she makes sure at every opportunity. That's sad. Yeah. For both of them. It's absolutely sad. So I paused at this point and said, is this all correct? Like even about the TV and the, the, the fist in the wall? And she just like a little bit of silence. And she goes, yeah. And, and you can hear in her, yeah. Like it, the, the, that there's anger in it, that there's a little, a little bit of like even attitude towards me. Like, are you going to say anything about that? Like you can even hear her edge of confrontation. That I would bank on, that you're going to say something about it. <laughs> oh, the guides had plenty to say. So the guides explained to her that she's in a cycle and that she's done this from lifetime to lifetime. And so I said, I'm going to read the soul contract because you've asked me what I get about the relationship. And I said, so I'm being told that this is a lifetime to lifetime contract with this man. And I said that in every lifetime, he picks working in a particular area. Is he in construction? And she goes, yes. And I said, and are you in office administration? And she goes, yep. And I said, and so he's in management. Like he'll make like two, $300,000 a year. You make 20 to 30. And she goes, yep. And I said, okay. And I said, so she goes, do you mean to tell me that I pick being a secretary every damn life? And I said, you do, or you pick similar jobs where you are of service, but where you don't live to your fullest potential. And that's not a slight to anybody that's in administration because some of them are living to great potential and do wonderful jobs. But prime example, we've got a receptionist who's a psychologist and that's situational. But that's, I'm sure if, even if you asked her, she would say, not my full potential. Right. Temporary or hopefully temporary. Yeah. Yeah. And some people's full potential could be artist and office admin mm -hmm. and that they're making money in art and they hope that that's going to take off someday. And yeah. Yeah. It's not yeah. a slight. It's not a slight. It's just. We both hold those positions. Yeah. But Okay. So the point is, is that they're both in patterns. Mm -hmm. And the point is, is that they pick each other in many lifetimes to actually learn these lessons together mm -hmm. and that they're not learning them and that she's not learning it again. And she goes, wait a minute. <laughs> I think the light switch might be starting to go into the on position. And I said, yeah, I said, this pattern and cycle is not done. It's not even done in this lifetime. You know, and I think about how you're saying, well, the first 30 years were yours and the next 30 are mine. Could you imagine having to wrap your head around the fact that last lifetime was yours, this lifetime is mine, knowing damn well you got to do it all over again next time in the hopes, fingers crossed, that the two of you figure out it was supposed to be both of yours. And instead, you know what her question is when I bring all of this up? 
I, I have an idea of what it is, but go ahead. How can she just keep the relationship going? So that she can just keep getting what she needs. Her question of the spirit guides is, well, I don't want to hear all this shit. I just want to know how to keep this going. Mm, sounds like she's doing a fine job. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But does this, now does that question mean how do I keep him dumb enough? How do I make yep. him feel suppressed enough? Yep. That he feels he owes me for a couple more years? No, not no, a couple No, but I mean more. at a time. Yeah. Like we're talking like if they live another 30, she just wants to know how to keep it going till he's dead. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you know what's coming as the next question. Can you tell me when he's going to die? Because I need to cash in on that pension. Yeah. I want that pension and those benefits. And I want to know that I'm going to be single. I'm exhausted. For many years after he dies. So I'm calling to know when is this shit going to die? And she's spiritual. I'm saying that facetiously, of course. So Anita's next question then, Cal, is, is he ever going to actually find out, like, what's going to happen? And I said, okay, let me ask the guides. And the guides came back and said, yeah, he's going to actually figure it out. And the person that's going to help him get to this is the priest. And she's like, what? She goes, no, no. She goes, the priest should be the one that makes him stay. And I'm like, okay. And she goes, the priest is the one that should be making him feel shame and guilt. That's what religions do. Huh. So she knows. Yeah. And she goes, no, no, this isn't fair. It's not fair. I, I would agree, Anita. Yeah. She goes, the religion, the priest is the one that's supposed to tell him that he should feel like a shit for what he did to me, to this house and to those pets. He should make him know that he's going to go to hell and that he's, he should be suffering on earth for what he did. So her whole belief then, even though she says she's spiritual, is actually still based in that religion that he should suffer, that he should be willing to spend the next 30 years making it up to her. So she's really angry. She goes, can you ask the spirit guides what I can do to make sure he never meets that priest? And I said, no, I'm pretty certain that if it's in his path to learn this and to come out of his shame and guilt, that the guides are going to give him some way. Even if you try and circumvent every single little opportunity he has, what are you going to do? Follow him everywhere? Pick up his cell phone? And she goes, yes. Mm -hmm. So I said, so currently then you are watching his cell phone, like he is on lockdown. And she goes, and he deserves it. And I said, okay, I don't know how to help you. Like I, I don't know other than that you've asked to figure out if the spirit world knows this. I don't know what's happening. And she, I said, so I'm going to stop and check in with you. What, what are we doing in your session? She goes, no, you've been giving me my answers. She goes, I just want you to ask the guides right now what I'm supposed to do. And the spirit guides came back and said to her, get therapy. That was the first thing. And I said, so Anita, I said the very first response, but I think I have about a list here. And I said, so I'm just going to doodle them down for you as to what you actually can do. I said, there seems to be quite a few things. 
And I said, so I'll, I'll start doodling. I said, oh, wait, they're telling me that you've been writing all along. Anita, are you writing? And there's no answer. And I'm like, Anita? She hung up. Huh? She hung up. I wasn't expecting that ending. <laughs> she hung up when the guide said, you should go to therapy. It was okay for him to go to therapy. But as soon as the spirit world said, you need some help. I have a question. Did she pay you? Yes. Great. And I knew that you were going to ask that. And yes. I, and, and I, I do think that if, if listeners were going to ask that too, you know, if that's in their head, oh my God, I hope Karen got paid for that hour. I, it I, was a whole hour. And I think that some people don't ask that question because they don't think that someone would do that. Oh, people do that all the time. And that's why... Thank God for e-transfers and automatic deposit because I had her prepay for that appointment. It's long distance. Yeah. So people, if you're listening and we switch over to prepayment at one point, you're going to hear this podcast and go, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So she had prepaid. Her payment came through. I saw on the e-transfer and I saw that it was automatic deposit. So I was okay to get off the phone because it was like, I looked at my clock and went, wow, I think we'd been like 58 minutes or 57 mm. minutes. And I thought, okay, I, I worked shy two minutes of the hour, um, giving her all of her messages. I get an email from her later <laughs> saying that she didn't like her session and she wants a refund. I bet. <laughs> because she now realizes that it was automatic deposit and she couldn't cancel the transfer. Yep. And I replied back and said, no, you don't get a refund because you didn't like the answer. I did my job and you just didn't like what you, what you heard. Mm -hmm. But actually, I think that there should be a follow-up to this type of session, hopefully to see down the road, if this is the type of person that ends up actually coming back, Kelly. Yeah, and we know that that's historically true. Oh, yeah. Where people will come back just like yeah. her in five to six years and say, I hated all of my messages. Mm -hmm. I thought you were the enemy. Mm -hmm. And whatever it is that brings them to their realization, mm -hmm. they will say, I need you now. And I'm sorry for the way I treated you. Yeah. And you know what? I'm going to put this out there today. And I could be totally wrong down the road if this does come to pass. But my understanding from what the spare guides said in the contract, which I didn't get to finish with her, and maybe that's okay I didn't, is that he actually does the leaving. That he actually goes back to therapy and has a priest that tells him, and that he becomes free of these patterns. So he has the opportunity in this lifetime to actually live out the contract with her successfully for him. Mm -hmm. And get healthy. Yeah. And she doesn't. As far as I can see, she's going to stay in that pattern. She doesn't want the help. She doesn't want the spirituality in reality. She wants to talk about it because she wants to get what she wants. Let's say that. And she uses different things to get what she wants. So currently the law of attraction and the law of abundance suit her. But aren't working for her. Correct. Interesting spirituality. Isn't it though? And, and I do think that people could listen to this today and go, I know somebody like that that says they're spiritual and is using the law of attraction and abundance just to bully and get what they want. 
It's not what it truly is. It's just another manipulation. So anyway, that's how it ended. It ended with her hanging up the phone, (laughs) sending the email saying she wanted the refund and me saying no. And that was it. I didn't say anything mean. I left the door open because I do realize that she's going to be angry and that could go on for years and that she'll have to sort through all of that. But I just left it as a no. Mm -hmm. That was it. And something like, I hope you have a lovely evening, Karen. (laughs) And that's my way of leaving it open. Yeah, because there's no judgment. It's just, I'll answer the question, enjoy your day. Yes. And I think too, and this is why I kind of mentioned like going visual for us is going to be hard in a sense because there's a lot of reactions on our faces. And most of it comes from a place of surprise or shock. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, there isn't a judgment from a person. Mm-hmm. We can hear the messages, we can form mm-hmm. our own thoughts, mm-hmm. but we don't actually judge the way that people live. Well, or uh, what they choose to do with the messages. Yeah. And I just think that comes with, like, over the years for you and I, where you actually, maybe the first time that ever really did happen to me, I did judge it. Yeah, but there's such a level of detachment from the messages that you hear them, you often as a psychic hear what they are going to do with the messages or what they aren't going to do with them. Mm -hmm. And I'll say more or less, and you can disagree with me if you need to, there's more of a kind of chuckle in the back of my mind of, Mm -hmm. haha, that's great, or haha, what the fuck? Yeah. And, And it's just a moving on from there. There isn't a judgment or an attachment to your outcome. Yeah. And I think sometimes as well, Kelly, that you and I have had enough clients over the last many years to know that people can be in a really bad place. And that, like you said, five years later, that things can be so changed that Mm -hmm. they come back and quite often can start in a brand new email or phone call and say, I saw you five years ago and I hung up on you. I didn't pay you. I, I demanded a refund. I you know, talked behind your back to everybody I could. People will do that mm-hmm. and have contact us and said, so I'm calling today to say that I did this and I'm sorry. And I would like another chance. I would like to apologize. Would you see me again? Mm-hmm. Can I have access to the spirit guides um, to talk to them again? I'm, in a, I'm at a different place. And that's where you and I really truly can sit down and go, yeah. And you, we really don't judge. We really do just get going and go, and okay. Do your job. I liked her session because it was about cycles and patterns. And we had just done a taping for a show about cycles. And I thought this might give people a nice idea or good opportunity to hear where this woman, Anita, thinks that her husband's in all of these cycles and patterns and won't see any of her own. Mm-hmm. And that is a great example of when we are part of the destruction of something and won't recognize our contribution towards it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So if you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at If you're still sitting with us and wondering what the heck she mentioned at the beginning of the show called Patreon, it is a membership account where you have access to different levels or different tiers of content. So one of the things, I know we've been kind of 
saying on social media that we're going to be putting out a lot of exciting things, one of which is visual, so adding visual to our podcasts, but we've got workbooks, we've got questions, we've got blogs, we've got all kinds of tools coming your way that you can look forward to, and we will talk more about Patreon in upcoming shows so that you can sort of get prepared for that. Hope you guys have a lovely day.